the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Soapy, I am here this evening, uh, but I taught uh, two classes this morning. And my mouth is just worn out <laughs> from talking. Uh, yeah. uh, and so Stacy's going to carry the load tonight, but uh, I'll be here to answer questions and to mm-hmm. share uh, an idea, every little thing that pops in my brain and come <laughs> out. But uh, uh, Stacy's going to lead it, yeah. I think, tonight. As we study the book of Exodus, mm-hmm. we picked up this past week. We, we've already covered last week, chapters 1 through 22, 25. And I think we picked up this past week, uh, we read uh, chapter 26 through 40. So mm-hmm. we almost completed the book um, of uh, Exodus. Yeah, I think we, we did. We, uh, we did. We did it. We actually even yes. did the very couple first uh, verses in Leviticus. Oh, that's uh, right. Which is so what we'll we, do next week. Exodus, Exodus is fair game tonight <laughs> here on the Bible Live. Yes. So this was a fun, you know, uh, last week we did, and our time always goes by so fast. We did not get to... Um, at least highlight the Ten Commandments. And so I thought, you know, well, let's just do that real briefly. Um, So this is our second week in Exodus. We did complete it. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I mean, Exodus... I think because of, we mentioned this last week, but because of, you know, Prince of Egypt and the Ten Commandments and Moses, you know, we're fairly familiar with it. Yes. Oh, this is a defining moment. This is, uh, this is in many ways kind of the moment they've all been waiting for. Um, They were in, let's see, how how long were they in Goshen? They were in Goshen for 400 years, 400 years. Uh, so, I mean, that is also what, what I love numbers, not the book of numbers, although I probably it's oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy numbers through scripture just because it's fun. But um, 400 years is the same 
number of years between uh, our last Old Testament minor prophet yeah, and Malachi. Malachi to Jesus. I never thought of it's that. An interesting right. number. The um, years of silence. Kind of the years of silence is what they've uh, equated. And both times that there is this seemingly kind of years of silence in Scripture where God's people are feeling like they're enslaved or maybe not not much is happening specifically in their life. Both times that the world around them is busy bee. Watch the world go by. I mean, they're, uh, everything is exploding uh, in Egypt, of course. It was becoming the most powerful country in the in that area, in that time, uh, in the world, I guess, at that time, the whole world was a smaller area. But uh, And then in the 400 years between Malachi and Jesus, I mean, you get a ton of Alexander I the Great. You get, that is brilliant, Stacey. Isn't that Stacey? interesting? Uh-huh. I have never put those two <laughs> events together in terms of uh, it just really opened my imagination. <laughs> and it highlights the overall purpose that we find in the book of Exodus is a redemptive right. plan of God for all humanity, not just uh, right. this people group, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's a beautiful picture of God's justific- justification yes. uh, as they come out of Egypt, and then sanctification is a, uh, God frees them. They've become a free people mm-hmm. through justification. And then it's a picture of the sanctification project. And now they're going to learn to live and walk as a free people, mm-hmm. as free men and women. Yes. And that's what we see with the tabernacle, the command to worship, mm-hmm. to guide us to become a holy people. Because remember what God had said. You shall be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. Mm-hmm. And that's not, not only a command, more importantly, a it's a promise. Mm-hmm. God is going to redeem us, and then he's going to work in us to make us holy, to write his laws, not not on stones. He does right. write them on but stones, mm-hmm. but to write them on our hearts as well. Mm-hmm. That is his ultimate project in his people. So, yeah, that's a very nice, I wonder if anyone else <laughs> has ever <laughs> oh, thought of the sure fact that there are 400 <laughs> years and 400 years. Well. The 400 years were predicted, of course, uh, but to by God to Abraham, mm. He told him, "You're gonna go down. Your people are gonna. Go, they're gonna be in bondage for 400 years." Mm. Isn't that interesting? God yes. told, predicted every everything we're reading about yeah. and everything we're seeing. Here's the question. This is a. I mean, this is more rhetorical. But you had mentioned last week and talked about how a calendar was a big deal because a free people uh only free people need calendars because they're in control of their days and their hours and they keep track in time and have a to-do list and have you know lunch but if you're a slave you don't keep track of your own time you're you're 
and you're owned. Somebody else does that for you. So a calendar is a mark of a free people. If God's people, if Joseph's descendants and if all of those tribes knew that in 400 years they would be freed, I wonder if they kept a calendar. <laughs> in other words, were they free living in even though they were enslaved or, you know, uh, that it's they, almost like man's search for meaning. Right. Remember uh, Victor, uh, what's his, man's search for meaning, the book that Victor Frankl wrote. He wrote it about his the experience in the concentration camp. And he would oh, say, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is just a but it's the it's the importance of hope, the importance of having hope and having purpose and meaning in a life. And he said 10 times out of 10, he could tell if a person was going to live the next day and he could just if if the light went out, if they just gave oh. up all hope, had no more nothing else to live for. That was what either kept them alive or doomed them. And I'm wondering, it just makes me think of... I just know that somebody, I I, I just feel sure that someone remembered Mm -hmm. what their great ancestor had said, 400 years, and this is going to happen at least... I would think Moses, Moses knew and remember. Especially since his mother was able to nurse him. See, that's the thing we got to remember as God's people now, as we read this passage, Mm -hmm. we have to read that this is about us. It's not only about the people group, Israel. It's about God's people. And this is about our history and how God keeping alive a vision of himself to to his people. And I think uh, those, those kind of questions are good mm-hmm. for us and to remember. Jesus had promised for one thing, to come again. Mm-hmm. Are we looking for its coming? Right. Or are we going to be surprised? Right, right. We ought to be busy. We ought to be working and looking for it's coming mm-hmm. anytime. As soon as you want to come, Lord Jesus, come on. <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's it. But that's right. a good question. Honey. Mm-hmm. Well, you it, ask good questions. <laughs> I like that. As, as, well, you know, and it's it's when I think it kind of uh, goes to what you say, which is that you, there's always two things at work. There is the immediate, there is kind of the personal, there is what God is doing in your life, there's how he is working, uh, and there's the there's the, the practical. I mean, he is not a God, an, an aloof God who doesn't know the needs. He gave his people food. He provided the Ten Commandments, a system of government. He, you know, He's very much in the details. At the same time, though, what is the big overarching picture? And he's always working both. They are not mutually exclusive. In fact, it is both. It is both. It's not either or. And uh, so it's fun sometimes to, okay, I know what this means right here and now for today, but I know God's also has a bigger, yeah. larger purpose. There's a, and a view nice. I, I call the ground level right. view of <laughs> what God's doing right now and with it, the person or the people involved right now, and he's accomplishing 
his purpose in their lives right now. Mm -hmm. Within there's a 30,000 feet aerial picture of it, and and it all fits as well into a large pattern. For sure. Uh, Yeah, I've always (laughs) enjoyed that. And I find myself motivated uh, as as a person. I'm motivated with understanding the parts. In other words, I <laughs> I'm a better driver a little bit, a little bit better driver because I know how a car works. <laughs> that was key for me to become a good driver was oh I I learned how a car works. Mm-hmm. The, the spark plug and the carburetor and this and that and the other. I just, that's the way I Well, I am. you could also very go even more personal and uh, your body, you know, uh, you're probably a better consumer of food. You're yeah. better a dieter or, you know, better uh, when you know how your body works or now, basketball I'm, player I'm when weaker. you know. <laughs> I'm a little weaker in that area, but, but it should know. be <laughs> That you know should be going true, on. but... <laughs> Put that that way. You are a, a better seventy-two-year-old for ha- for no, seventy-three, seventy-four. Four. Oh my goodness, seventy-four-year-old oh. for ha- for knowing how a seventy-four-year-old body functions. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a seventy-four-year-old, but break I, down at some I point. look and feel seventy-two. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Got those two years. Well, this is especially fun. I I guess. Keeping those two kind of perspectives in mind. But you wanted to uh, talk about the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah, I guess I did. Um, If you don't, so Exodus chapter 20 is -hmm. is the Ten Commandments. Um, Would it be awful if I go ahead, if I just read that? uh, Not uh, just, and we can maybe pause. I'm just going to read it though, because this is. you know, they, they pro- I'm sure everybody had laws at some sort of system of government and some kind of right and wrong. Or, But this is how nice of God's very hand to write these on stone tablets. And there again, though, the picture and the imagery of he's writing this and giving this to us on a stone tablet, of course. But yes, the, the whole... The hope and what we're moving towards and what he's ultimately creating is a people who have his law written on our hearts. So this is the starting point. This is the his the finger of God writing this on this kind of the foundation Mm -hmm. of the laws. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see in Leviticus and Numbers uh, as Moses expands upon the 10 law and, and begins to show actual um, applications right. of the law for us specific experiences in life situations uh, as the family as the nation grows you see there become there are more laws about the the application mm-hmm. practically mm-hmm. speaking in the nation yeah. and you have a other but these are the foundation laws mm-hmm. that guide the that should be the basis of all the other laws mm-hmm. yeah 
Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them and do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's iniquity to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your to your neighbor. And that's ten. <laughs> that's it. Those are our ten commandments. Um, and then there's the eleventh commandment for when you're all who get over the age of sixty-five. Ah. Thou shalt not fall. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, jokingly said, but just a, a general reminder for our, our friends of, of advanced age <laughs> out there. Okay. Um, well, I and then I love I, the the chapter continues, and it just—I mean, what a scene that must have been, and it does set the tone. I mean, there's a lot of. Boy, there's a lot of lightning and thunder and smoke and fire and God's hand and presence in the book of Exodus. Uh, that might be a, a topical study that somebody could do sometime. It's just the different times that you see, because uh, all the people witness the thunder and lightning, the sound of trumpets in the mountains surrounded by smoke. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. And just this interaction between, I mean, here is God. Not incarnate, but in some ways, Emmanuel, I mean, God with them. And what that is, uh, what that interaction must have been like, because this is in the process of making them a holy people. But his presence, his holiness I mean, is still very dangerous. To them, I mean, every time that he says, you know, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. Don't come to the mountain or touch it or you'll die. And then when, you know, the the tabernacle, the holy of holies, like you mentioned, the priest, when he goes in, he's got to have done everything just so or else him being in the presence of God's holiness without having prepared properly, he'll die instantly. And so you've got this kind of there's God, but he's still very dangerous to them. You have Moses asking to see God's glory, to see his face. 
And God says, no, <laughs> you, you can't because it's dangerous to use. He's, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. but he's not, not a, a tame, tame lion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, right. And so it's um, it was, it's just interesting as you read through Exodus and all of these different moments where God is so present and yet so far away, so close, yet so far away still. Uh, but it gives us a taste, just like Moses, he wasn't allowed to see God's face. But he said, but you can see behind me. You can see my backside. You can see the effects of my presence. You can see where I have, and just even that, just that little bit. And, uh, I mean, Moses, whoosh, you know, his, yeah. his face glowed, and the people were afraid of him because of his appearance, having seen just a just almost a reflection of his yeah. of God's. That's an old <laughs> old hymn that people talk about. Uh, uh, mm. Oh, Moses was in high, hidden in the cleft of the rock. Oh yeah, he he hid him so he could see God. Passing and uh, but he was protected in the cleft of the rock, and that's an old hymn uh, about that. Uh, I don't remember offhand. Tennessee Ernie Ford used to sing it. Okay. Tennessee Ernie Ford, the old. Uh, oh, I'm sure. In yes. the cleft of the rock. Oh, he hideth my soul. He hideth my my soul soul in the cleft cleft of the rock, protecting me. Is it Rock of Ages? Well, that one also has Rock of Ages. It's another. (laughs) It's another one. Well, we have about two minutes before we go to our first break, which can't believe. It went by that fast. But we are in, if, if you're just tuning in, and this is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar, and I'm Stacy here just kind of helping out. We are This past week we read Exodus 26 through 40, so we finished up the book of Exodus. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, well, let's see, talk through some of what was established. So some of these foundation foundational um, systems and putting some processes in yes. place that would serve them for hundreds of years, right? To sustain to them, people and, following mm-hmm. God, the and tabernacle, them, yes. the priesthood, right. uh, the garments, and so on, right? And, and holiness. One, I mean, the word holy really means utterly unique, set apart, and that is what God is doing: is setting them apart as a people group. Very, I mean, yes, spiritually, also, though, very much physically. I mean, they were very unique as a people group. This strange million people. Were, what, what did they were? An island of, of monotheism, right. worshiping one true God mm-hmm. in a sea of polytheism, yeah. in a sea of idolatry and uh, wickedness in yes. reality. From Egypt, all the other kingdoms that would come in the next uh, 500 years all around them, they were alone once following after the true and living God. They didn't do it perfectly, not faithfully at all, but God kept them and worked with them to help them 
be His people, to be a holy right, people. Right, right. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Trinity and if we see that anywhere in Exodus. What a sweet song. Let's uh, listen to this as we go into the break, and we'll come back to the Bible Live after this. George and said, "George Strait, that was my first concert ever. I was nine years. I was in third grade, so I think I was nine, and I went with Anne Holloman. Hi, Anne, <laughs> to the Alamo Dome yeah. to hear George Strait, and, and I got a, a blue very bandana. Gifted musician, a good person, a good mm-hmm. man, and uh, a lover of Jesus. The yes. one who loves the Lord and serves the Lord. I remember mm-hmm. him uh, giving his name and." support to Billy Graham when he came to our city. And uh, it was uh, just, he's just good to have that kind of people. And I thank John for bringing to our attention. There are many people in the film industry, in the music industry, performing arts, painters, and others even they love God mm-hmm. and love the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. and they sing of Him, they paint Him, they mm-hmm. uh, they give witness in their lives. And uh, I'm so glad when they come out and are open about their faith in the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, it helps. I think it helps people mm-hmm. uh, to be encouraged as they follow the Lord and to follow the Lord for those who don't know Him yet mm-hmm. to uh Make your right lives right with God and begin to follow Him. Uh, I really appreciate uh, these men and women. Remember that we went one time to church in California when we were out there uh, watching a movie being produced. Because mm-hmm. you used to work for a movie producer mm-hmm. in Hollywood, mm-hmm. someone that I still pray for all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and you used to work for him. And when I was out visiting you on set in one of those films, 
we went to a church where a Christian man, uh, uh, he's well-known radio and uh, music personality, and his wife, well-known actress. I'm sorry, I can't remember now, but we went to the church that they attend. Okay. And I remember telling him, I just, I probably embarrassed him. I shouldn't have, have done it. I couldn't resist saying, I appreciate your faith in Christ publicly. It's yeah. an encouragement mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if I embarrassed him or not. Oh, I'm I mean, sure. No, I, I knew I wouldn't. I no. wasn't trying to make a big deal of it, but uh -huh. I just wanted him to know. Do you remember who it was? I um, don't remember that. I'm so sorry. It's at radio and that is a good, beautiful <laughs> voice, you know. And uh, John, who is? <laughs> no, no. Uh, he's married to an actress, and he. Um, oh, oh, John. Was who? who? Casey Kasem? Wasn't no. Kasem, no. No. Later, later than him. Later oh. than Ch Casey Kasem. Uh, mm, but I can't anyway. Maybe we'll think of it. Who? Shadow Stevens? No. <laughs> Earlier than him. <laughs> Married to a beautiful actress, and she was a very vibrant, vibrant Christian as well. Um, you'll, you'll remember. It'll come It'll to It'll come to us. I know we'll it. Yeah, John. Well, um, we, uh, during the break, were, and when we heard the music, well, I guess when we let into the break, we w I'm I would be a little bit interested in kind of going through Exodus and looking at the Trinity. That could be kind of fun. I didn't know that. We're glad know, you're I'm going there. That on Where us, do you so. see the Trinity, right. the triune nature of God? And I guess, right, what made me think of that or go there is because here there are holy people we're talking about. They're set apart. And one of the things that sets them apart, of course, is their God, that they worship not just uh, the one, the, the true and living God, uh, but that all around them it is a polytheistic uh, world. So many gods, different gods for this and that. And I mean, we see it in Egypt and uh, Ra and the God of the, the sun and the Nile and the animals. And, the, and this is so they are unique in that it's one God. But remember, though, I mean, it, it, it's not as if God became a trinity once we made up the name Trinity here in the yeah. West. <laughs> he was always three oh, persons, yes. God in three persons. And I'd love to see these, how we see these three persons play out in the relationship with the people in it, uh, in, in, in Israel, I mean, or of Israel at this time. And then uh, also you were saying uh, all of this is setting and preparing and setting the stage and looking forward and is about and for Jesus. Um, the Messiah. The Messiah. The Savior. The, Mes the Redeemer. Mm -hmm. Right. The and, ultimate yes. one who will come and be uh, the perfect, the perfect, mm -hmm. not just a model or not just an example, mm -hmm. but the actual sacrifice Mm -hmm. that God made for our redemption. Uh, John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's clearly a reference to the sacrificial system 
that's put into place at this time now right. under Moses. And, and it's a constant reminder that that 30,000 right. foot view yes. that we're talking about, this is all preparing ultimately for uh, the Messiah to come and, and, and do that work of redemption. But I'm uh, interested in... Um, <laughs> Sorry, we got a little John has Good another try, Charlie no. Tuna. No, <laughs> I think it was John somebody. John. Uh, okay. But I'm out. Uh, I am interested in seeing now the word. Obviously, in Genesis, uh, God says, uh, he "Created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became void, uh, dark and void, and." The holy, the spirit of God moves over mm-hmm. the face of the earth, mm-hmm. and then we let us create man in our image, plurality. The word God, one of the names for God, Elohim, is plural. The name itself is plural. I think it would be good to talk about a little bit here at this stage, the names that God gives himself, the names and the titles that God gives himself, we must be careful because they don't define God. They're not intended to limit God. God gives himself these names before men to tell men to reveal to us as humanity to reveal to us as humanity um something of him his himself something about our god and something about his redemptive plan and his priorities and so we have uh jehovah jireh uh the lord uh our provider, uh, the Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and so on. So we have these names and titles and the metaphors that God gives himself because they tell us about him. Now, Jesus is one who comes along and formalizes the uh, Trinitarian uh, formula that we have now. He spoke of the Father, and during the the Old Testament, but it's the fatherhood of God that seems to be emphasized. Uh, the, the father, the uh, guiding and creating. And then he talked about the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they speak of relationship, father, son. Now the Spirit... Uh, Speak of life and life and change. So we see now the reason we come down to, uh, to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit was because we are now in the harvest time of God's redemptive plan. The Messiah has come in all his glory. And now people all over the world are beginning to follow the true and living God because they, they, they're excited about the idea of being in a relationship mm-hmm. with God, to know Him and mm-hmm. experiencing God in our, in our life. And that was what was communicated, I think, through 
the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in a relational right. terms. Right. And so uh, I'm interested in what you would say about uh, Exodus and where you see maybe and since yeah. uh, the idea of yes. uh, plurality in the Godhead. Right, right. Where do, where do you see that? Yes. Well, I mean, I put I you on thinking, the hot spot, I, I didn't know, I? <laughs> I, guess, I guess I deserve that. Uh, well, I think most, uh, more, m- most obviously, it's the the pillar, um, you know, and the fire, the fire by night, and the pillar of smoke by day. I mean, it's it's such a was that God's presence or was that Him just using this dust? <laughs> and isn't that ironic? Because He's using dust. Aren't we all dust? (laughs) But uh, that and then, of course, the Holy of Holies and his presence in the Holy of Holies. In other words, so we're so used to, I think, thinking of his very presence as Jesus because um, and as Jesus only existing as a human. But Jesus still exists today and he existed before he was here and his time and in the body and so what was jesus's presence what was the word before there was human form to him and i think that and, and i'm sure you know of course it's difficult because you you know they it's hard to separate them out yet they were so uniquely distinct in his life, in those 33 yeah, we, years. <laughs> it's good to talk about that because uh, the Bible is careful in talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's go just to talk about the Son Okay. It, uh, for for a moment. It, Jesus himself, the, the eternal Son of God, remember, was both Holy, 100% mm-hmm. God, right. and never ceased being God. Mm-hmm. And he was holy, 100% man. Right. So uh, when you read the New Testament, it often talks about Jesus in his role as the Messiah. And it speaks of him in that sense, a man. The perfect man of faith. Right. Okay. But at times it also speaks of Jesus and its its role as the eternal son of God who who emptied himself on our behalf, as Paul said. So now Jesus basically has... Not I'm talking about two different people, but I'm saying he had two different roles, and he is addressed in the scripture in both of those roles. And sometimes it helps to know which are they talking about the eternal Son of God, or are they talking about the Messiah, the Redeemer, in his role as a perfect man of faith. And that's an that is. Something it's kind of a theology four hundred one uh, <laughs> senior year of theology. Right. But it's called Christ, the Christology, yeah. and we understand and get right the idea of 
the incarnation, what happened mm -hmm. when God emptied himself right. as an eternal son of God, emptied himself and took on flesh right. and t for our sake, mm -hmm. faithfully and unfailingly serving God, obeying God the Father. And, of course, we're coming up on Christmas, so that's good we bring it up. Mm -hmm. uh, he lived the life of a perfect man, totally dependent and trusting and obedient to God the Father, dependent on the Father, on the Spirit, mm -hmm. working in him. Jesus didn't do any of the miracles, any of the teaching, any of the th he didn't do anything in his own power. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, found, look at John chapter 9, uh, chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus himself says, I can do nothing of myself. Only what the, I see the Father doing. Only what the Father lead me, guide me, enabled me to do. And that was his role as the Messiah to be the perfect man of faith for our sake. And then he who knew no sin became sin for us all. It, that, it's an important truth uh, that you come to sooner or later so that if not, if we keep up this idea that Jesus was like Superman, he always knew who was God, he never knew the bullets wouldn't hurt him. And, well, um, that, that most people have kind of Superman view, a Superman understanding right. of the Messiah. Which is understandable. A little bit. Yeah, Clark Kent with that bundling earth. And then underneath it, though, he knew we had that that red and blue suit on <laughs> that he wasn't going to get hurt. But but uh, Jesus was holy and totally a man, man of faith. He walked out his role by faith and trust. It was painful. It was scary. Mm -hmm. It was uh, difficult. But he stayed in the saddle of, saddle of faith. Now, if he had... If he had turned the, the rock into uh, bread, yeah. if he had given in to do, calling 10,000 angels, which he clearly knew he had the right and power to do, but, but if he had done that, nothing would have happened to Jesus as a man. He's the Messiah, but he's also the eternal man, uh, son of God forever. No, that can't change. But... If he had stepped out of the role of the humble, obedient servant, he would not have been able to be our mediator. Mm -hmm. He becomes our mediator and our savior because he was a perfect man of faith. And then he, he who knew no sin, became sin for us, mm -hmm. became sin for us. I, I don't know why I, I become very intentional about letting people know this so that we grow up in our faith, grow up and understand what actually God did, mm -hmm. what he accomplished on our behalf, how he did it and why he did it. He did all that for me and for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's an important, I think, point. So 
when you say maybe you catch a hint or a flavor of the Godhead, the plurality of the Godhead in uh, the Ten Commandments or in Exodus, that would be, uh, I would be very interested. Maybe if one of our listeners can think of something they see in Exodus that kind of helps to understand the plurality, uh, the God, or the, the the idea of the Trinity, uh, mm-hmm. the cloud by day, the pillar right. of fire by night. Right. The, the tabernacle itself was a, a symbol of God's presence and a reality of God's presence in the midst of his people. Right. That's so, how we, you had made the comment uh, before, that that's how, I mean, that's how, Exodus ends is we see the the yes. glorious presence of the Lord filling the tabernacle. It's a wonderful. It starts in slavery. It starts in slavery. They're in bondage yeah. in Egypt, and it ends with the glorious presence of the yeah. Lord mm-hmm. filling the tabernacle. Yeah, beautiful. And I I think I I'm not quite sure. I have to go back and listen to our pastors. Sermon actually today, Michael. If you're listening, call in and help us with this point. Uh, help me. But I, you know, it were it's in Isaiah uh, season of Advent. So it was through Isaiah reading um, chapter nine. Wonderful. He is called wonderful. He will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, mm-hmm. Prince of Peace. And the word in there is is El. And so instead of Elohim, it's El. Elohim is I think the plural. El is a singular, but it's kind of maybe the difference between I, yeah, Michael. I hope I'm I'm not sure. Jacob, if you're listening, you could call. But um, the idea he had used the example of a creative. You've got someone who is creative, and that's the adjective of it. And then you've got a creative, which is a person who is a creative, um, and that's the noun. And I think that's somewhat the use of maybe Elohim, and then. El would be like the verb. So Elohim may be the kind of the plural. El is the uh, the plural kind of verb, does this. El is the singular, is this. And so he will be called and is wonderful counselor. He is this. I, th- I think I, I hope I didn't get that backwards. But um, I think there is something I think in, in there that just that, that, reminder i think you know as far as the trinity and i don't know do you think that they actually see i I guess with jesus he had he was one part of this of the trinity still function though i think they still he still functioned as a trinity i mean he wasn't but he just had the he, he was but Jesus was human. <laughs> the human form was L, was, was the son, uh, was Jesus. Um, the way they express it. Purpose, purpose is what I was, sorry. Go ahead. Do they have distinct purposes, you know, pur- purposes, purposes? Do they have distinct purpose that does not, in other words, oh, that's your job, Jesus. Oh, nope, that's your job, God the Father. Uh, that's your job, Holy Spirit. Or am I being too, uh, am I putting baby in a corner? <laughs> yeah, well, I, no, uh, but there was, a, there was 
something that had to be accomplished in time, in space. Man fell into sin yeah, yeah. in time and space. A sacrifice uh, uh, had to be made to cover that sin, to atone for mm-hmm. our sins, and, and likewise in time and space. And God, Jesus, was the, uh, the lamb sacrificed from before the creation of the world mm-hmm. this was the eternal purpose of God mm-hmm. so Jesus did not stop being God right. but he gave up the free exercise of his divine prerogatives mm-hmm. uh, in, in, so was uh, being, there's, but there uh, all then, the omnis omnipresent yes. omnipotent omniscient I guess that's the first time though that I don't know about the first time, but that you, uh, I mean, this is very a kind of a simplistic way to see it. But I mean, if Jesus was, was, was God the Father then still present, being fully God, and Jesus was separate from him, does that, does that make sense? I mean, I guess at some point they had yes. to have been, because of nothing else, the cross was that. never separate from him in terms of a relationship. Remember, Jesus, the Savior, and the man enjoyed a perfect, right. intimate yeah. relationship with God as a man. Right, right. But he, we yeah. went to All right, about there's Anne. More when oh, we come back. Fun. Right? Give us a call if you have any thoughts. This is kind of a fun for us. 210-340-9585. This is The Bible Live, and enjoy this music. We'll go to a break. We'll be back in a bit. Hopefully this does not happen to you out there, anybody listening, or hopefully it does. 
but I will have this song now in my head for the next week. I will not be able to shake it, first of all. And number two, I can, I, this, this of all of the baptized Christmas songs that you have, I cannot remember the original. This is this song now, so there you go. Thank you. I think it is kind of my favorite of all of them. Just as great. Thanks, John. Is it hard for you to listen to that, or is no, it, no, like really? Uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I'd sang for years and years and played guitar and mm-hmm. piano, and I and if the Lord, if I'm able to restore and return to music, I would do so gladly. But uh, God's got me doing other things now. Maybe writing a book. Maybe whatever else we might be able to do. Well, welcome back. This is yep. the Bible Live, and okay. that is Soapy. And we were talking about the Trinity, the yes, different. Yes, my oh, daughter sorry, is, is wondering about. I think it's good to ask questions and think, uh, because especially when you think about quote the Trinity, uh, the the Godhead, the three persons right. of the of the Godhead. And trying to wrap our minds around that and what it's that not, looks it's like. It's not different, Colt. If you don't try to explain it scientifically, okay. don't try to explain it in terms of physics. I know what you're going to say. Don't try in terms of chemistry. Uh, how, do we, how do we try to understand Relationally. It? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So it's and a you know, relational yeah. miracle. Right. Now, it may be much more than that. Right, but we, it is at That least we can't that. comprehend right. because we don't understand physics and all that to mm-hmm. that extent. But it was a miracle of relationship. Mm-hmm. There, and Jesus did not give up that relationship when he, did, he took on flesh. He enjoyed throughout his life and throughout his ministry there's evidence of an incredibly unique, intimate relationship with his Father, God. And the the Holy Spirit. But he freely gave up uh, his His free exercise of his divine prerogatives, Mm -hmm. and he gladly live by faith and trust in God the Father Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit to guide him, to equip him, to enable him, to strengthen him, Mm -hmm. to fulfill the role Mm -hmm. of the Messiah, which was to live a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to the Father. And, And then he who knew no sin became sin for us. And he suffered. You talk about uh, Jesus uh, going toward the grave. And remember, he sweat great drops of blood. He mm-hmm. was he was afraid. Mm-hmm. He was thinking of death and a painful death and that awaited him. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like all, yeah. like any of it, he felt uh, kind of. Uh, uh, at the approach, the time Shame, came. A dread. It, it, it um, was a difficult. But he said, "Nevertheless, God, if we can't, we can't avoid it. 
nevertheless, not my will, but mm-hmm. yours be done. And he did that mm-hmm. for me. One for of the you. things that I thought, this is an interesting, sorry, this is really, but uh, a catechism that was in our in um, our service today was a little bit on the Christology and so uh, was God you know fully human yes fully mm-hmm. blah, and then and he was so for these reasons and one is the missional reason of to be a, our substitutionary atonement you know, our, our substitute and then another was that he would understand our kind of a secondary and he understands mm-hmm. our weaknesses and he understands He's what it is he our can, ultimate high priest uh, yeah. Yes. For example, right. Aaron and his yes. sons were a representative mm-hmm. of our ultimate high priest, who yes. Jesus. And yeah. then the next question, though, was, but he was also was he fully God? And yes, he was fully God. And I thought this was kind of a interest. Uh, and why? Why was it? Why did he have to be fully God? And it was so that he would be able to bear the full weight of God's wrath. And I thought that was only it would only it it took God incarnate to be able to take the full weight of God's just wrath upon him and not be destroyed by it. Uh, and I well, thought that he was, was he, he did die. He did he die physically. He was really he killed. He was really killed physically. Yes, as a man. Right. But then he would raise, remember. Death started uh, death, working backwards. Jesus is the firstborn of the mm-hmm. twiceful. Mm-hmm. He was born again and he had resurrected a new creation. Mm-hmm. The body was different. Mm-hmm. Now he's a, a man still, but glorified man. Yeah. What we will be someday. Yeah. Uh, so that, interesting. that's an interesting, so interesting I thought, yeah, line of thought. Right. And you don't think of, I mean, when you think of, yes, he took the weight of our sin, but sometimes we don't necessarily go so far as to, we think of sin as death. Yes. And, and, and yes, but, uh, just that idea of, I mean, of God's wrath, like, I mean, in other, there is pain and injustice and it deserves punishment real hardcore i mean just and that i mean god's wrath i don't know i I thought that but but and it took god to be able to to receive that and be and and not be just just completely destroyed by it as a man but only the man would he be our mediator our representative he accomplished it as a man and and now he's a glorified Man, mm-hmm. and we are in Christ. Right. We too will pass through right. death, and we too will be yes. resurrected, new people, new body, mm-hmm. new. T- will be so many dollar, mm-hmm. say dollar, but still a new, a new person. Right, uh, and uh, so it, it's. And like you said, being able to understand the. Trinity relationally, yeah, you're right. You don't have to hear a lot of times I'll go and try and, you know, okay, you try and understand it like an ice cube or, or water, you know, right? Or you try mm-hmm. to understand it like this, or you just try to, but, um, 
yeah, you just think of your own life and you walk with the Lord as a Christian. You are in Christ. You are never, the Holy Spirit is your spiritual wingman. You are never apart from the, and he is working that sanctification process to become holy, holy, just like he is, where our will will also not be interchangeable with his, where we are one, like John 17, he's calling us into that same unity and you, you do experience it. That's why Exodus is really important because the process that Jesus went through Mm -hmm. as the Messiah to affect the atonement to bring it to pass Mm -hmm. were different because you remember Jesus started out. He approached the relationship with God as perfect, uh, holy, and innocent. Mm -hmm. He would not, he did not have a sin nature. And he approached the relationship from God from that side, just like our other father, Adam, did. Right. Adam approached the relationship Eve, with God evidently. from the side mm-hmm. of sinless innocence. Mm-hmm. And, but he made the wrong decision. And with Adam, all of humanity, because we were all in and Adam, Adam. Mm-hmm. genetically, right. we were all the material for, for every man, woman, and child on planet Earth that ever existed, all that genetic material, uh, the potential of the, mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. was in Adam and Eve. And so when he fell into sin, the whole race fell into sin under the consequences of sin. Now, Jesus, once again now, he would warn uh, of a virgin, he did not have the sin nature. Which, of, real quick, an irresistible, irrevocable tendency towards sin and selfishness as a dog barks instinctively. <laughs> humans, that's why when we're born, th- He didn't sin. have that sin right. nature. And he didn't fall, he didn't fall into the temptation, the lure, uh, whatever Satan put out. All the temptation he could give him, all the way up to Mark 10, all the (laughs) way to 11. He took every, (laughs) that went all the way to 11, right? Uh, All the way. And he took it all and he stood bare and he stood up for the Lord. He did not give in to it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he earned. That's what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 2. But. the easiest way, I think, to understand the Godhead working together and so on, there are aspects of it probably that we may never be able to fully comprehend. But we we do, as human beings, we understand relational oneness, right. the concept. Yeah, we haven't attained it. Right. We don't success 
successfully do it, but we understand right. the ideal of oneness, sure. well, harmony. Ma- yeah, marriage. And, yeah, marriage. you know, after you... The two of you have become one. one. Yeah. Not just physically, but even, you know, after you're married for so many years, if somebody asks you, what's that, what's the the newlywed game, right? Then they're newlyweds, but, you know, if somebody asks, I remember Tim Keller giving this example, but if somebody asks him a question, he has two ways. He said, after being married for 30 years, I know I could answer it. The way, the, way, the way I would answer it and the way the Kathy. Way my wife would right. And if I and I can take on Kathy's isms. I can, I can and then I can I can answer it as a as a joint. I can I know the things that she would say and I can know and that is that unity. That is when you have become like a little wanna, picture of it. Yes, yeah, right. My, a little picture. Suzanne and I, when we were on staff with Campus Crusade, this was many moons ago, <laughs> fifty some years. We were with all the young couples, and we d- decided some of them were newlyweds, and we were newly. We only been married two weeks. Oh my goodness! And, and uh, <laughs> really? we were out, and we decided one night uh, during the, the new staff training, uh-huh. we were going to play the newlywed game. <laughs> And and uh, we played, and Mom and I won. But it's funny, the way we won, they said to Suzanne, uh, if, what would your husband say his favorite condiment is? <laughs> okay. Your mom, Suzanne, did not know the what meaning of the was. word condiment. <laughs> oh, no. And so she said, M&M's, got to sound like candy, <laughs> you know. I came in, and they asked me now, what would your wife say is your favorite condiment? I you... didn't know what the word condiment meant either. No way. No. And so I said. M&M's? M&M's. <laughs> and we won the game of uh, M&M's. Because, because of that, both. but uh, neither one of them had a clue. <laughs> so I guess I l- a little bit of the idea of the two becoming one and not even knowing that they become <laughs> one. But, yeah, relationship is the easiest way to understand the Godhead. The, true, the one is the love and the devotion to each other perfectly harmonized mm-hmm. and perfect unity yeah. and, and in their a character in their pose, their purpose, and in their action. Mm-hmm. They do though all of those together. But you're right. Jesus is the one who took on flesh, but he didn't under the with the right. guidance right. and power of the Holy Spirit right. working on his behalf. Just like we have right. now right. that same opportunity to live like that and. In oneness with our Father, dependence of faith and trust in the Spirit of God, Mm -hmm. and He's going to get it to that into that place. And John seventeen said, Mm -hmm. "We're being brought into that oneness relationship." With the Godhead, with the three yeah. persons of the God. And we're not becoming other. God, right. but we're being brought into that oneness relationship 
with our God and with all of God's people. Right. It's I, amazing. It's beautiful. And one of the, you know, you say relationally, but let's even go a little bit farther. What does a relationship require? And I think I would say understanding, maybe. Oh, yeah. uh, it requires, and so maybe it's that, uh, so he's bringing us into a relational oneness and I think what that means is an understanding, more and more of an understanding, and and and, and thereby maybe an. Ex- and you would see that on our part, right? We are our understanding is going to be expanded, right? I don't know if we'll come to the point well, course, where we can yeah. comprehend God right. in all His glory, the Creator Himself. I don't know. Right. Maybe God's going to open up. Obviously, for human beings like Moses, uh, he said, no man can look at me, uh, see me, and live. Mm-hmm. So that may be no man in our current status. Uh, I don't know what it means. Uh, yeah. Maybe in glory we'll be able to understand more of God's mm-hmm. character and oh, his reality. They Revelation, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. where we're heading in terms of this book is, I mean, Revelation is a, an unveiling and understand yeah. is an ultimate. And of course, and then I love, you know, we have that reference to Moses, too, with the veil, you know, and then Paul talks about we who with unveiled faces now reflect the Lord's glory. But even John receiving the vision of mm-hmm. Revelation even John, there were limited right. what he could take, what what right. he is understanding. That's, it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, it. right? Uh, so we'll see. We'll, well we see. <laughs> Literally, <Yeah. laughs> we'll see. Well, um, we are. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anything I got more us. to say about well, one Exodus? thing. Yeah, one thing. I mean, very clearly, we're talking about just the different uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit um, nature, parts of the Triune. Uh, God, chapter 31, verse 2, who was the first person in the Bible said to be filled Filled with the Holy Spirit Spirit. Uh, or with the Spirit of God? And I'm surprised we don't have more kids named this. (laughs) Bezalel. Bezalel, I think. Bezalel. Bezalel. And then. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Hey, Bezalel. Hey, I put it out there for suggestion there. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. (laughs) Yeah, that is. First person in the. The first human in the Bible, a first person. Said to be filled. Said to be filled with the the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And and what was he? A great preacher, an evangelist, or what, what did he do? He was a craftsman. He was a craftsman, so he was chosen to oversee the building of the tabernacle. So the, the furniture, the instruments, the garments. The he was a um, a, a craftsman. He was artistic. He was a builder. But he was unique. He had all the talents that it took. He and Aholiab, Aholiab. I think, uh-huh. they have between them all the skills necessary to build the whole tabernacle by themselves. If they wanted to, but they had the they had a remarkable one other big talent yes. is that they they were able to impart their abilities to others. Mm-hmm. They were able to teach other ones to do the woodwork, to right. work with the leather, to work with the fabrics. Right. And they were able to 
tell others as well. Which, which do you think would be a, 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 a characteristic of a person filled with the Holy Spirit, a spirit of what the Spirit does in a person's life? Uh, teaches and forms. I mean, we're even told what yeah. verses that. Uh, but but you Bring also it into all truth. Isn't that interesting? He will guide you into right. all truth. That Jesus, I mean, was very much also a, a craftsman and a and yeah. a teacher. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. So not only did he, of course, have the have the skills, but he also was able to impart in the power of, in the, the, power Holy of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He right. did it. Yeah. yeah. Now uh-huh. there you go. Yeah, we're back to the we're getting book of there. Exodus. Are we? <laughs> that was an Exodus, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we've got about three minutes left in this segment. Um, I know it's not very much time, and so now sorry we're going to finish Exodus uh, and Leviticus in the next two weeks. We finished Exodus. No, we we're going to start Leviticus yeah. next week. Yeah. And we're going to finish Leviticus tomorrow in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go to Matthew just in time for Christmas. Yes. And when the Messiah takes on flesh, and we'll read about the life, the birth, the life of Jesus as Matthew presented to it. We always have it. Uh, it comes around. We always get to read about Jesus' birth at about, about the same time as Christmas. Oh, so that's so Works nice. out really well. Worked out great. Um, and I would love to, there on, on the, I, we haven't mentioned the website this whole time. So this is The Bible Live, and you can go and listen to the readings at thebiblelive.com or biblelive.com. And you can also find resources. Dad has some, yes, Dad has some writings, though, on the Trinity, which are wonderful. Uh, he also wrote a poem about the Word becoming flesh, which is just beautiful. I love that poem. Somebody, we need to get it published or something, no Dad. Chance. Anybody out there who knows how? But um, and then that's on the website. Go to resources, and then you can find the songs too. I think Alan called in last week and was wondering about that. And so, um, hi, Alan. I may not have the chords on there, Alan. Not yet. But the lyrics. I think I, the lyrics are there. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember if I put the chords on or not. I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, uh, so it's not I'll the sheet try. music, but you could probably find the music for those. Yeah. And a lot of that yeah, doesn't look change. Up, look up the Christmas song <laughs> yes. that it replaces or that right. the pre-baptized <laughs> version, and they'll probably the have born. the chords for you. Right. Yes. And so that's at the website, thebiblelive.com, the readings. So next week we will, well, tomorrow we'll be starting in Leviticus. And I'm looking forward to diving into Leviticus um, primarily because I, I want to see those distinctions between here you've got the Ten Commandments and then how that gets flushed out and fleshed out and becomes, uh, what is it, over 600 different purity laws um, uh, get added, kind of these laws of uh, not necessarily moral, but they're a way to show your respect and obedience to God. And uh, and I'd like to explore that a little bit. So that's next week. There's civic laws, there are uh, moral laws, and then uh, what we would call ceremonial purity in laws. Well, that's next week. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're having a wonderful Merry leading up to Merry Christmas, and we will uh, be back next week.
The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 